Hey y'all, it's Billy and Christy, and you're listening to Thoughts On, a production of the Front Porch Sessions podcast. Thoughts On is exactly what it sounds like. These are our thoughts on a variety of subjects that we want to share with you through this medium. And on today's Thoughts On, we are talking about trust, and in particular, we are going to take a look at trust within the workplace or within an organization. And I am excited about this particular topic, one, just to see where it goes, uh, but also it's been about a month and a half or so that you said, hey, I've got this idea that I want us to talk about trust on Thoughts On, particularly trust in a, a workplace or within the organization. So I guess we should begin with that question. the first question, which really should not be the first question, but why would you want to address this topic of trust within the workplace or within an organization on a thought zone? For me, it really was a culmination of a number of different things that I was reading and listening to. There were a few podcasts that I was listening to that really seemed to be hitting this particular idea at the same time. I was reading a book, and then on top of that, I've been reading some articles in preparation for a class that I'm teaching this summer, Organizational Leadership. And it kind of seemed to come together in this aha moment for me that this would make a great thoughts on as far as trust and leadership, building trust within an organization. And, and it just felt like we could definitely turn this into a podcast, if not even multiple. Uh, just depends on how this conversation goes, I guess. Okay. Most of the things we end up talking on thoughts on probably could be a, a series of them. And I think this one on trust could be a series as well. Assuming that we take the time to go back and, and look at it. I do think that trust is uh, valuable for any relationship, particularly a good relationship. Sure. But primarily, we're looking at this in more of a business-type context, within yes. the workplace or within some type of organization. And I use those words, and I probably will go back and forth, sure. and they're interchangeable here because it may not actually be an employee-employer type relationship. It could be a volunteer organization. It could be a, a civic group, a church group, whatever. Sure. With that, I just want to throw that out there as we get going so people keep that in mind. Uh, and now probably what really should be the first question we're looking at this idea of trust is how would you define trust or, or how are you defining it in this particular context? Well, since trust is a word that we probably use pretty regularly within professional context and certainly in personal ones as well, I went to the source. I went to Webster and Webster's Dictionary defines it as a firm belief in the character, strength, or truth of someone or something. Now, generally, I don't love when we use a variation or the actual word and the definition like truth in this particular situation, but I do love that it used the word character, because that's certainly something you and I talk about a, a good bit on and off the podcast, this whole idea of character first. And I love this idea that if if this is not a part of their character, then people probably are going to take notice. And, and, and potentially it could turn into a situation where people are not willing to follow the leadership of someone they don't trust because it reflects a poor character. Okay, and can you give me part of that definition again? Uh, something about and character or a firm belief in their character? Mm -hmm. Is that what it said? Yeah, firm belief in the character, strength, or truth of someone or something. Okay. 
Yeah. And there's obviously a zillion different definitions out there. This was just one that seemed to be succinct. And again, it used a word that I really appreciated as far as character. It, it served my purposes. How about that? <laughs> yes. Like, like many things, yes. we tend to trust the one that serves our purposes. Yes, so that, yes, you know, like yes, I yes. Tied that in there. Yes. Uh, over the past couple of years, I have listened to a number of different types of podcasts and some of them have referred to high trust organizations. Mm. And they keep talking and using that phrase, high trust organizations. But I don't think they ever really went back and defined what they were talking sure. about. Or it was just kind of assumed that people would know. But I think really what they were getting to in those particular episodes was that there was a lot of trust within those particular organizations, both from the top down and the bottom up. And that is what made those particular organizations very successful. Sure. There was a lot of trust flowing from all directions. So do you have any, any ideas about that kind of concept or is it too early in our discussion for you to go there? <laughs> I'm not quite sure, but I will say that uh, as I was reading and trying to gather information, gather some some decent ways to sum this whole conversation up into a handful of bullet points, I found this quote in a Forbes article. This goes back to a study done in 2019 that said 78% of customers say that how a company treats its employees is one of the best indicators of its level of trustworthiness. And I thought that was a really interesting mental picture for me that if you are in business where you're dealing with the public or you're dealing with customers, that if you have a, a setup, an organization, a a business that is not really showing trustworthiness both towards the customer and towards the employees, then that's going to probably uh, cause some some issues for your organization at large. You're going to have customers that don't want to buy your goods. They're not going to trust your employees because it seems to flow both ways. That whole idea of what kind of culture has the organization created that would make it kind of a cornerstone trustworthiness? Is it a, is it a cornerstone of the organization? Because it seems to reflect in this study that the customers feel it and they want to frequent or purchase or uh, be a part of organizations who show that level of trustworthiness to the, their employees. I think it's this idea, at least what I, the way I'm interpreting what you're saying here, is from a personal level, there tends to be certain brands of products that I purchase uh, on a regular basis because I trust that those products are going to work the way that they're supposed to work. Mm. And then if I go into a particular store to purchase said product, I tend to go back to the same store over and over and deal with the same individuals over and over because I trust right. what they have to tell me about those particular products and to give me some insights about those. But when I go there and somebody is new mm-hmm. and they don't have the experience with that product right. or they lie to me mm. And not just talking about misspeaking, because I would much rather them be truthful and say, I'm not very familiar with this product. Let me go look it up or go find somebody that can answer. Mm -hmm. When they tell me something that I've already gone in there and knowing a little bit about it, and it's a lie, I don't trust that store Mm. anymore. And sometimes, depending on what type of product, I may question the product now. Yeah. And and that gets a little bit tricky because a lot of times you're not 
buying directly from the manufacturer. Right. Like that. But right. I, I think that was that's important that you do develop I guess this idea of a trust and trust within organizations is more than just the people that are employed there. It's how that flows out to the rest of the world. Yeah, absolutely. I was trying to think of why this even matters. Why are we even having this conversation? And I did find an article that really kind of laid it out quite succinctly. I, I've said it before. My students have heard me talk. I love bullet points. And uh, I found an article that literally lays out pretty succinctly why does it matter? Why would we be having this conversation? Why should somebody be listening to us have this conversation? And uh, I'll just give you a couple of the high points. First off, trust flows through power. And I thought that was a really interesting statement. In case you maybe are unclear on that, as I was when I first read it, it's simply saying that developing trust gives you the power to get things done. When your employees trust you, then they're willing to follow you. And, and I keep thinking about this, that we've probably got plenty of examples through time where there's maybe been some corruption or the other side of it, where we've seen an organization just flourish in ways nobody expects. And I think there is something really valuable of owning, if you are in a position of leadership, that you really do have a certain amount of power. So you need to be mindful of that because when that trust flows through power, then you are going to have the opportunity to get things done. That people, when they trust you and they trust your leadership, they trust what you're saying and doing, then you're going to be more willing to to produce something really incredible. And um, the next one... Can I interject yeah. real quick? When as you were talking about that, I was thinking about situations over my, I don't know, 25, 30 years of working, whatever it actually is, that there have been times where the higher-ups, those in charge, the managers, the leaders, whatever names we want to give them, have broken that trust. Right. And that did not make me or anybody else that uh, was employed in that situation to actually want to do anything right. or when they come and told us to do things. Right. And it was an unuse, uh, not an unuse, that's not a word, um, <laughs> unwise use of power sure. with that. Yeah. Or then they would try to tell us to do things and say, well, you're going to have to trust me. Right. Well, I don't trust you. <laughs> so yeah. why why am I believing you now? Because right. you have created a situation to where we don't trust you. Or they would say, well, you do this. And when you ask questions, it's, well, you're going to have to trust that mm -hmm. these other people are doing with, you know, with what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Or, you know, if this happens and you do this, that somebody's going to carry the ball. But been in situations where we know it hasn't been followed up on. Right. So no, I don't trust you. I don't trust anybody else. Why should we go through with that knowing that it's not going to be done? So right. I think it's something that you have to maintain. Right. Continually. Absolutely. And actually, that leads perfectly into the second point, which is trust is the, is the opposite of fear. Employees will have trouble making decisions or admitting mistakes because they fear repercussions. They're not going to own up to some sort of issue. But when you've developed trust, then the opposite happens. Now we've got people who are willing to admit I've made a mistake or I've messed something up in hopes that the leadership is going to be able to offer guidance and support rather than some sort of immediate fearful consequence. And, and don't, don't misunderstand. You and I have had this conversation that consequences are natural, but 
I think about times where I, I have maybe not made the best decision. The best call always is to own it. And and there's been plenty of opportunities within both of our professional lives where we have looked at leadership and actually really respected when the leadership said, hey, I need to own something I've, I've not followed through on, or I need to... Uh, talk about a mistake that I made. And and those really do open up some very, very interesting conversations. I think the leadership has to trust the, I'll just say employees here Mm because I don't know the better Mm -hmm. word, Mm -hmm. to get their job done, to do it. They need to empower them to do that to Mm -hmm. where those that uh, are the employees here have to trust that if they do it wrong, the manager, boss, whoever leader type person isn't going to be disrespectful. They're not going to yell at yes, them. Yes. You know, I don't really know yeah. how to explain that. No, it's perfect. Uh, particularly when a lot of times, unfortunately, in the real world, you're not given a whole lot of guidance. Right. I need you to do this. Right. Okay. Well, I did this and then I'm yelled yeah. at because <laughs> I didn't do it the way that you wanted yeah. me to do it when you didn't tell me right. how to do it. Right. So then the next time a project comes along and there are more detailed instructions, I'm not going to trust right. it that oh, I'm going to do it the way that you said now. But right. then when you get it, you're going to say that it's wrong. Absolutely. Like that. Absolutely. Well, and you perfectly illustrate really kind of my next bullet point, which is that trust leads to breakthroughs and it prevents breakdowns. I would like to say that I am not reading no. Your um no. your bullet points. So no. I'm just that smart. Well <laughs> intuitive. That's it. Well, I think you and I have had even though I consider us still relatively young, we we've had some uh, we've had a variety of opportunities to watch this play out, the good and the bad. And and in regards to the leading to breakthroughs, I mean, that's the good stuff where employees aren't afraid to speak up and uh, they will basically help to identify problems and then they feel comfortable identifying solutions or ideas. Um, In this class that I'm teaching, my co-teacher told this great story. I don't know how I'd missed it, but it's a story of Toyota where they empowered the people on their line. So in the factory, they're producing their vehicles. They empowered every single person on the line, they have a button basically very easily attainable where they could go to press this button to stop the line. And then everyone comes to that person who has identified an issue. They, they problem solve, they fix it. And then they, they start the line back up. And and this is basically them looking at uh, a situation with Ford who was, not doing that. Instead, their employees, even if they saw a problem along the line, they just kept moving that project, that vehicle all the way down the line. And so when it gets to the very end of the line, you've got a fully formed car that's got a problem. And instead of dealing with it at an easier level or earlier, as soon as it's caught, they're having to back up and deal with it uh, once it's fully formed. And now it's going to take more time. Uh, it's going to probably produce a loss in revenue. So I really love that example as far as leading to breakthroughs. I think that's an interesting point, and that may, in some regards, be the selling point for certain certain organizations and employers 
it, of why they need to work on trust and develop trust and make yeah. sure they are a high trust organization because it could increase your bottom line. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we don't want to make it all about money, but when you unfortunately are, are running, not unfortunately, but when you are, your organization is about profit, let's, let's be mindful of our, our most valuable resource and that's the people and, and they can totally make that profit for you on the other side. Right. And you don't want them to be afraid to where they don't right. point out issues or maybe even suggest things Yes, uh, to where that's going to be problematic. And here it could lead to some breakthroughs. All right. So what's next on your bullet point list? Well, if it, if it matters, the, that was, uh, leads to breakthroughs and helps with damage control. I was just going to say that uh, if you don't have trust, your employees are not going to admit mistakes. And, and honestly, I've been in an organization where I've had that experience where I was just thinking, it's not, I'm really not a natural, let me cover it up kind of person. But there, when, when it's all a matter of self-preservation and fear, then yeah, you do some probably pretty stupid things <laughs> in that regard. You're not willing to, to admit your mistakes on up to, yes, we messed up here because you're afraid of what's going to happen. Absolutely. And we're not talking about deliberate no. things that you do. We're talking about true mistakes, misunderstandings, not somebody embezzling money right. or something of that nature. <laughs> yes. Well, and in that Ford's article, there's a, there's a, another quote from a different study that said employees who trust their team leader are 12 times more likely to be fully engaged in their work. So if no other reason to be uh, mindful of your trustworthiness as an employer, as a leader or whatever, maybe think of it in that regard, the 12 times. That for me sounds astronomical. The next point as far as why this matters is trust creates future leaders. And, and this is something that I really want to kind of take an extra moment and think about because let's face it, if we are not doing something to prolong the organization to truly meet the needs of those that we're meaning to serve, and if we are not ultimately creating the people right behind us that can become those leaders, then I think we've just missed the a, a golden opportunity. So this whole idea of trust creates future leaders. There's a, a great quote from Gandhi he says, a sign of a good leader is not how many followers you have, but how many leaders you create. And that just really one. sticks with me, that whole idea. Yeah. Uh, this, these are just kind of why, for me, it mattered to have this conversation. But I'm also one, I don't know if you've ever been in a meeting with me where we're talking about something kind of obtuse or abstract where I've said, well, what does that look like? And so I decided I'd ask myself that question. Are you okay with that? That you're going to ask yourself a question and you're going to <laughs> well, answer Well, if it, it makes you feel better, you can ask it. What does that look like? Oh, thank you, sir. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> couple of things, and this is where I think uh, you really ought to weigh in because these are going to be practical examples uh, that maybe you can share your experience with. But the first thing I thought about is you do what you say you will. It, it's just basic okay. follow through. Can you say that again? Do what you say you're going to do. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that this is an underappreciated concept maybe that we really should be saying more often. Be a person of your word follow through. Uh, I've definitely seen this in some of the organizations that I have worked for or worked with. And there is something to be said about the idea that everyone wants to 
I think we naturally want to trust those people that we're working with or working for. So, so why not be that person? Do what you say, what you say you're going to do. No, I think that's really important mm-hmm. for that because there's been a number of times over my working life to where I've asked for things, and they're like, "Yeah, I will get that to you," or <laughs> I'll, "Yeah, I'll get that when I yes. get back to my office," or "I'll look into it." And time passes, and I haven't heard anything, yeah. and I haven't heard anything, and I'm waiting on that. Maybe that's the one key piece of information yeah. I need, even if it doesn't exist, or I would like that before I write my report right. or whatever. Absolutely. And I do struggle with that because how long do I wait before I ask you? <laughs> and there have been times that, let's say, there's a couple times I can think of to where it wasn't a big deal, but somebody mm-hmm. said, yeah, I'll, I'll look into that and get mm-hmm. back to you. And maybe a week or so went by, mm-hmm. and I followed up. Oh, I forgot. I'll look into it mm-hmm. and get back to you. And then like another week or so went by yep. and I asked, oh, I forgot. I'll look yeah. into it. And at that point, I was basically just don't bother. I don't right. trust that you're going right. to get it done. So I'm not going to come ask you again. Right. And there have been some times too, to where it's been some important details I've asked. Mm-hmm. Can you get me such and such report or whatever? Yeah, I'll get that to you. You know, I'll have it to you at this point, And then you don't get it. Right. Like, oh, that's problematic. Yep. You know, when we say that we're going to do something, we should do it. It doesn't mean I'm eventually going to do it. Right. You know, I'm going to die. <laughs> but that's eventually. I don't know when. That could be another 100 years from now. Right. You know, yeah. help us all with that one. But it could be. So we're not talking about you're eventually going to get around to it when you feel like it. Uh, and this is starts to shift gears. But... You know, I'm going to look at, I'll get that to you or I'll look into it when I get back to my office. That's a little nebulous. So I don't know when you're getting back to your office, but yeah, if you don't hear from me by tomorrow, follow up, I may have forgotten. I may have got tied up. I understand that happens. It's happened to me. And I've had to say, I'm sorry. I thought I was going to be able to do it when I got back to my office. I got called into some unexpected meetings. I will look into that right now and I'll be back in touch with you within an hour. So I, I think that's important. When you say that you're going to do something, do do it. And that helps to to build trust yes. and to maintain trust. Absolutely. You know, so I think once you get it, good. Yes. But that's not good enough. Right. You have to do something to keep it. Right. I love that you talk about kind of essentially setting timelines. I, I know I do the very same thing when I talk to students or when I talk to other people that they need something from me. I'll tell them. Sometimes I'll tell my students, can you please email me that? Like they'll ask me something at the beginning of class and I'll tell them, I know I'm not going to remember after this class and then I've got to go one other place and then back to my office, I'm not going to remember. And the other kind of follow-up that works with what you're talking about, I kind of give them permission. If you do not hear from me by tomorrow, please follow up with me. I don't mean to forget, but there's a possibility that I'll get tied up or something like that. And and maybe that's not the right approach, but I like the idea of empowering other people to know I mean well, and you can hold me accountable right, to now, that. I think that's perfectly fine in this situation. Mm-hmm. There are some that I don't think it's okay <laughs> sure, because sure. they'll like ask you a question and before you can get back to your office, they've emailed yeah. you six times. <laughs> Like you, I even told you I had all these other things before. That's not acceptable. If it's like, hey, if you don't hear from me by the end of the day, tomorrow, yeah, uh, that's when you follow up. And I think that's also valuable here. It helps build trust between you and your students. But we're also in professions to where we have a schedule, Mm -hmm. but we're not always in charge of our schedule. (laughs) So you may know that you are going to teach classes at these particular points in the day where you finish one class. 
thinking you're going to be able to go back to your office yeah. and get some work, but oh, now you're you're called by you know, I don't know, an outsider, <laughs> yes. a, a, a publisher calls you about something, mm-hmm. and then you teach your second class and like, okay, I've got a long break before the next class, but then you get called into an administrative meeting right. or something else pops up you have to yeah. deal with. So we don't always have as much control over our schedule as we want. So I yes. think that's valuable. Yes. Uh, you and I both appreciate Zig Ziglar. So I've got a quote for you because he uses a word that we both love. It is true that in integrity alone won't make you a leader, but without integrity, you will never be one. Oh, that's brilliant. Say that one more time for us. It is true that integrity alone won't make you a leader, but without integrity, you will never be one. I just appreciate those really tight sentences that you you go, oh yeah, I hear you loud and clear. And and we do love that word integrity. One, I think part of having integrity is building a culture of trust. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another way that we can show trust, uh, what's it look like, is showing support and care, even when there's been a mistake made. And that there's some value to this whole idea of showing support. And, and the reason I frame it, I'll say it again. Phrase? Phrase and frame. I think I was trying to blur those words mm. together. We're both guilty of that, aren't we? <laughs> yes, I think that would be frames. Oh, the way we frame it together. Frames is, I'm, I'm making up a word here. Oh, okay, okay. It sounds like frames, but it's frameses. Okay. <laughs> the, the S is in a different place. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but we, I think anyone who's listening who is either potentially in a uh, position where they might be a leader you might be able to recognize, how do I show support? How do I show care? And I can think of it both ways, either as a leader or as someone who is being led. I can think of examples where someone has shown me that I can trust them through showing me care. And, and part of it kind of go. all these things seem to flow together, this idea of saying what you'll you doing what you say will excuse me um but that also flows into this whole idea of showing support uh being there showing care all those things really matter and when we talk about showing let's talk about showing respect how about that okay showing respect for people and their ideas and perspectives and, and this is something that maybe is easier for some organizations than others that you've got some pretty loud opinionated people but i wanted to make sure i said that really clearly show respect for people and for their ideas and perspectives because if you're creating an environment where you're trying to show that you are trustworthy you need to make it obvious that they can share these ideas they can share these perspectives and that you will respect them as a person can you think of examples of that or not that? <laughs> well, I don't know that I really have examples, but with your previous quote and this quote, what my mind went to is a concept that we've talked about with some of the other thoughts on that mm-hmm. I think applies here as well, that when I trust those that are above me or I trust my employer, mm-hmm. I will do more for them. Agreed. Uh, with Sometimes with questions more times without questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if I don't have the trust in uh, the people that are above me, managers, leaders, whatever, or trust in the employer as a whole, Mm -hmm. I'm not willing to do as much. Right. Or I'm going to do what you're paying me for. Mm -hmm. And that's it. You're not going to get me. You're not going to get the stuff that comes with me being employed there. And that's a whole other episode that we have to talk about what I mean by that. 
Uh, and I also think sometimes this idea of, because trust, you gain it, but you have to keep it. I think sometimes, uh, I just lost the word. <laughs> I want to say reluctantly, but that's not the word I'm trying to use. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes within certain organizations, this trust ebbs and flows sure. too much. Oh, yes. You know, I can, oh, you've done something, and then I may not trust you, and mm-hmm. I may not trust you for a long time. But there are other times that you've maybe admitted that mistake, you owned it, or you explained what happened mm-hmm. instead of letting me, as we talked about once in uh, Thoughts On with Communication, instead of letting me fill in the details, mm-hmm. the reality of the perception. And okay, you've explained it to me. Okay, mm-hmm. now I really didn't lose that trust. Yeah. And trust isn't restored because now I know and it didn't go anywhere. Right. So I, that's where my thoughts went with those two particular quotes. That's that's perfect. Uh, another one that really surprised me, and, and then the longer I thought of it, I thought, why are you surprised by this? But I saw it on several different articles, Forbes, etc., that talked about that trust leaders that we uh, should be trusting, leaders that are, are showing characteristics of trustworthiness, they are approachable. And I, again, that it sort of surprised me. And then as I thought further on it, I realized, nope, that makes a lot of sense. People trust leaders that they like and feel like they can talk to. And I think that really does kind of work with the last one as far as uh, a leader shows respect for the people that they work with and their ideas and perspective. But they need to be approachable. It, because if they're working in the high rise and they're in the top floor and I, I can't get up there because I don't have the special key card, I'm not going to really trust them because to me, they're a black hole. I don't think I would have thought about that on my own, Mm, but I do think that's very important Mm -hmm. that to build trust with that individual or the leader, they have to be approachable because how else are you going to build that trust? Absolutely. It's through communication. Absolutely. And if somebody's not approachable, you're going to have a little bit of problem communicating and building that trust. Now, I can think of some particular maybe Fortune 500 companies to where uh, employers may trust somebody that's really high up mm-hmm. and they've never met them. Mm-hmm. But through proper communication and maybe responses to emails or occasionally picking up the phone or whatever, they they seem approachable right. with that. But I totally understand it. In thinking of different people that I know in a variety of different organizations, a number of times where they don't have trust in their bosses or mm-hmm. within the organization, something that often is involved in those conversations with them is that they're so unapproachable. Yeah. Or something along that lines, even though they may not use those exact words. Yeah, I think about the story that I heard last summer at the um, conference that I went and presented to. The president of that particular organization talked about meeting Sam Walton and Sam Walton came to town and asked the president of this particular institution to come pick him up. And the president thought, oh, he wants to see our campus. This is great. But Sam Walton wanted to see the Walmart in that town. And then as essentially as Sam Walton walked around the store, the president of this institution was taking note. Sam Walton knew knew everybody's name. 
He knew their numbers as far as like their sales, their goals, what they were actually accomplishing, and he knew something personal about them. Now, I doubt there was anybody in that store on that day who thought Sam Walton actually knows me. However, he did his homework and he did it in such a way that the people were able to feel this this connection with him and made him approachable. And I thought that was really an interesting aspect of a Fortune 500 company that, again, I'm with you. I would just assume Fortune 500 means I'm never going to see the CEO. They would have no idea who I am. And yet there was this one really interesting example or, or exception to now, that Now, did rule. the people know that's who he was? Yeah. Okay. Because I just didn't picture. know when he came in. Yeah, his picture oh, was saying. Yeah, this was, was old school Walmart. Okay. <laughs> no, I think there's a port endless... Uh, I don't, I'm with you. I'm not sure that anybody was fooled. He probably did his homework yes. before he went in there, which any good leader should do exactly. before they go visit a particular site. Uh, but that probably goes a long way to creating trust and like Absolutely. this individual may care. Absolutely. And then it builds greater trust within the whole organization because now they're willing to go up to their manager, their district manager with this idea of, hey, would you take this to the big man? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to try to keep this relatively short. So I want to wrap up with practical ways to build trust. And again, this is from me reading a variety of sources. And a big one that I was drawing from was a Forbes article that talked about just a few bullet points of how can you build trust? Because let's face it, trust is something that's very easily lost and and it's very difficult to gain it. Uh, I saw one quote, I can't remember if it was John Maxwell. Uh, I'll end up finding it as I'm thinking or as I'm looking for it. But essentially, it's the whole idea. I know I shouldn't be doing two things at once. But it's the whole idea of it takes you 20 years to uh, gain trust and then a second to lose it or something along those lines. Have you seen that? Or do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. And so I was trying to figure out, okay, what makes sense as far as how do you build trust? And there is actually an article from Forbes that talks through that. And the first point is to communicate regularly. And, and you and I have talked about communication a lot. And I feel like it's really a building block of any relationship. But when it comes to building trust with your leadership, this is a big one. When we don't hear from our leadership, you and I have kind of talked about this before, that the people that they're leading, they fill in gaps. Where there is silence, we're filling in gaps. And so just quite simply, communicate and do it regularly. Don't assume people know what you're thinking or what you want. Communicate. And and I would add to that, communicate clearly. What do you think? I agree. Oh. <laughs> That simply, huh? Yes. Okay. Yes. Communication, direct, clear, to the point. Yes, absolutely. And if people want to know more, we've talked about communication a little bit and some of the thoughts on they can go listen to those, and we'll have some more coming up in the near future. Well, I wish I had thought to look up what was the name of that particular (laughs) thought sign to refer people to it. Yes. Well, we'll, when we become more professional, we'll do things like that. Okay. There we go. All right. So the second point, maintain moral standards. Now I'm going to point out again, this is from a Forbes article. So this is, this is not some sort of religious or uh, something similar type organization or publication, but they're recognizing that moral standards, having those high moral standards, they matter and people are paying attention to it. And I thought that was very intriguing that we need to be aware that if you are not 
going to maintain those high moral standards, then your trustworthiness will suffer. And this is where that uh, quote came in, and I did find it. It's actually a Warren Buffett comment. It takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. So for heaven's sake, maintain that high moral standard as best you can. Character and integrity matter. It absolutely does. And then the third one, and I think this is probably uh, just going to wrap me up, is to create a norm of trust. And I liked that phraseology from Forbes, create a norm of trust. And, And I realize that on some level, this again feels like I'm just repeating something, but it's essentially saying, look, there are ways, creative ways to build trust. You should find opportunities to build trust. So this particular article suggested finding space and events for employees to develop interpersonal relationships, advocating and acting on inclusive practices, providing flexibility in when and where work happens, or incorporating policies and procedures that include employees and organizational decision making. Let's face it, the more people have the opportunity to approach their leadership, the more people have the opportunity to learn to trust someone, the more likely they are to trust them. And so create a norm of trust. What I particularly like about that is the implication here that it is a building process. It's Mm -hmm. something you can do. It's something you have to work at, but it is also something you already said that you can do. I lost my thought. Oh, no. On thought song. (laughs) I lost my thoughts on thoughts on, but you you can do it. You must do it, mm-hmm. and it's a process. You can build it up. Which one of the uh, things that you had here has a quote from uh, Stephen M. R. Covey, Covey. Covey. It's Covey. Yeah. I don't know why I went Covey here. I don't either. I know his name. <laughs> so here, Mr. Covey. Come, I did it again. I'm trying to read it. Mr. Covey says, contrary to what most people believe, trust is not some soft, elusive quality that you either have or you don't. Mm. Rather, trust is a pragmatic, tangible, tangible, actionable asset that you can create. Hmm. So I think it's important there. You have to work at building trust. You have to work at maintaining that trust. Yeah. Brene Brown talks about a marble jar and the idea that employees are constantly putting marbles into this marble jar, that the jar represents the trust. So we need to be looking for ways, creative, normal ways to build trust, to have the employees feel confident enough that I've done something tangible, as you said, that you can drop another one of those marbles into this jar. And and I think there really are some really practical ways, like being a person of your word. If you tell someone, I'm going to send you this, then for heaven's sake, send it to them or don't say you're going to. <laughs> and those are really right. easy ways to lose trust. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> well, I listened to some podcast of a few weeks back after you introduced this idea, and I started thinking about the podcast I'd listened to with high trust organizations, and it had been you know over a period of a couple of years, and I couldn't remember all of those things, and uh, tried to listen to some that I thought were geared towards trust within organizations or high trust organizations. And uh, the titles of those looked really good. Not all of them <laughs> were that good uh, with that. Uh, but again, I did listen to one which uh, Covey was on, mm-hmm. Stephen M. R. Covey, <laughs> and uh, I wrote down this quote, and it may not be verbatim, uh, but I think it is important, and it really illustrates 
uh, a lot of what you have said, and before I give this quote, I think this is one of those, I think there are some other documents that you have that we can come back to on the next episode. We'll just do a, like a back-to-back on trust okay. with some other ways to build a f- effective trust Okay. Uh, with that. Uh, and maybe this is a good lead out and lead in okay. to the, to the sure. next one. So Covey says, said in this particular podcast, it's trust that turns a group of individuals into a team. Mm. It's trust that turns a supplier into a partner. Trust turns cooperation into collaboration. You don't have as many things on the table. Trust, or excuse me, you don't leave. This is a problem when you write small. Yes, well. (laughs) You you don't leave as many things on the table. Mm. So let me read all that again and then give you the last uh, little phrase, which I think uh, sums up a lot of things. And... Maybe I can actually read my handwriting this okay. time correctly. <laughs> it's trust that turns a group of individuals into a team. It's trust that turns a supplier into a partner. Trust turns cooperation into collaboration. You don't leave as many things on the table. Trust is transformational. Mm, I certainly believe that. Trust is transformational. I think that's true, not just in our organizations and institutions, but also in our daily life. You know, when we have missed opportunities to build trust or put another or or have our partner even just in, in reference to you and I, if I've missed an opportunity to put another marble in your trust jar uh, because I've not stopped and, and read the room and recognized, oh, I need to, to show him that I'm paying attention to him, then then we're missing important opportunities. And, and we certainly will do that from time to time. But this it's such a great idea. Trust is transformational. Absolutely. And right below that quote, I have another one written that I think is from the same podcast. Okay. But I can only read half of it. <laughs> this is when you're trying to write quickly, and I'd already rewound it several times oh. to get the other quote. Okay. Because I was listening while I was actually working on something else uh-huh. and trying to get all that in. And I can't read half of this. Okay. Uh, I have a problem of writing too small. I think it says Richie Norton. So maybe he was the host of this particular Okay. Because, uh, but high cost of low trust. Mm. And then I'm not really sure what the rest of it says. There's a word there I'm not sure, but I think something about the high cost of low trust puts the brakes on. Ooh. Or something the brakes like on, it. whatever. So I think I might have to go back and maybe okay. explore what that means. But yeah, if you have a low trust organization. Yeah. yeah. You've got some problems. Well, think about potentially how much, some big problems. Yeah, think about how much you're having to over-explain things, and even then, you're still having people not trust you because you've not built that trust, and so there's not buy-in. And when there's not buy-in, there's really not a good experience for anyone. And when there's not really that trust, they're probably not even listening to begin with. Ooh, good point. It's kind of like Charlie Brown's teacher, <laughs> the wah 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 wah, and you know. <laughs> It appears that they're listening, but they're not because they don't trust you. Right. They don't care what you have to say. Right, right. I think that's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Uh, and we will be back on the next episode of Thoughts On with a few more ideas okay. about building trust within organizations. And uh, I think you already have some of that material prepared. Okay. <laughs> You're just going to trust me on that one? I will. Well, thanks for listening, uh, folks. I normally ask you to do this, but since you've been doing a lot of talking today... 
I trust that you would like to give your voice a little bit of rest. <laughs> so if you would do us a favor, wherever you are listening, if you would uh, subscribe, that would be greatly helpful to us. If you would review us, we prefer positive reviews because we're positive, upbeat, trustworthy people. <laughs> uh, and go ahead and give us a rating. We recommend five stars because we love you five stars and we'd appreciate if you loved us five stars back. Uh, even if there's a platform that you don't use, you can go rate us over there. And that's fine. All these things with the reviews and the ratings help other people find the show Mm -hmm. and listen to the podcast. We also have a regular podcast that comes out every Tuesday morning, and it is just the Front Porch Sessions podcast. That's a little bit more about life in general, Mm -hmm. a little bit more comedy-ish, and just conversations that we would have on the front porch with ourselves and with other people and with ourselves i mean both me and christy night that i just sat there and talked to myself all day long although sometimes that has happened yes and if you want to follow along with more of the adventures on the front porch you can follow us over on the instagram and that is at the front porch sessions podcast again on instagram that is the at that is the at that's very poor english You know what I mean, folks. Words are hard. It's kind of one of our catchphrases here on the Front Porch Sessions podcast. But over on the Instagram, you can find us at the Front Porch Sessions podcast. Right. Very important to include that podcast. Yes. uh, Or you'll get somebody else's page. (laughs) And their their page is great, but it is not good as ours. And it's not the adventures from the Front Porch that covers podcast things as well as some of the uh, adventures that we do on and off the porch to try to make you laugh. Yes. And make you part of our Porchy family. That's right. So I think that's enough of the hard sell. Okay. Go do those things, folks. We trust that you will do that. We appreciate the trust that you put in us for information and entertainment. And we will be back with you very soon. And we still don't know how to end these thoughts on episodes. (laughs) We should come up with an idea. Yes. I trust that you can work on that for the next time. (laughs) Uh, Until next time, folks, I've been Billy. And I've been Christy. And you've been listening to Thought Zone. I don't know. There you go. That works. That works. Yeah. Okay. All right. See you guys.